Hey, what's up? What is up? How's everybody doing? Um, yeah, I know that question's stupid to ask because I can't hear your responses. Um, what I really meant to say is I hope everybody's doing good today. Um, thank you for tuning in. This is uh, Master Your Perception with Clyde Young. Um, today, I'm going to be reading part six of my Gatekeeper series. So if you have not tuned in, actually, if this is your first time tuning, tuning into my podcast, shame on you. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Um, for sure, you know, go back, start from my first episode and just, just listen through uh, if you would be so kind. If not, whatever. Thank you anyways for tuning in. Um, however, I will say this, part one through five might make this whole story make a little more sense to you if this is the first episode you're listening to. Um, either way, I'm going to read this. I'm going to post it. I'm going to submit it, get it published on all the platforms. So thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to hit that download button. Um, it's really fun to see how many downloads I, I get every day or every every time I release an episode. Um, and also, don't forget to share with your friends and family. Uh, you know, I, I think this Gatekeeper series is something that everybody should listen to. Um, it's definitely very dear to my heart and, and has a lot of meaning. So I appreciate you guys listening. Anyways, I'm just going to get right into it. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Part six, a letter to my enemy. Dear depression. All right, look, I know I shouldn't be writing you, but I have some pent up shit that I need to say to you. I've bottled these things up for far too long. It's to the point that you're the only thing on my mind. I think about you all day long and you're the reason I can't sleep at night. I can't decide if I'm obsessed or if I'm just terrified of you. I think it's an obsession and that terrifies me. Or is it an immense fear that makes me so obsessive? God damn it, see what I mean? You've got my thoughts so fucking twisted that I question every little thing. Like, are you really on my mind or am I just letting my imagination drift too far? Maybe it's a voice in my head. Am I a schizo? Are you really even real? Maybe you're just my long lost imaginary friend. Maybe you haven't been lost at all and I've just completely blocked you out of my subconscious mind. I guess that could explain why you've been in every piece of my life. Do I love you or do I hate you? Should I love you or should I hate you? Sometimes I think you're just a reflection or a shadow of me. Maybe you're just a projection of my self-hate and pity. That could explain why you're, you're in everything I see. Can I ever see the day where you're not by my side? Damn, I can't even begin to imagine what that would feel like. I like to believe it would feel free, but maybe that lifted weight would leave me with an empty feeling. Either way, both of those fill me with anxiety. Will you be here or, I guess, there? <laughs>
when I die? I kind of hope so. Because that would mean you wouldn't be in someone else's life. Is that selfish of me? Anyways, I could keep going, but there is really only one question that truly matters. Why? Why do you devalue every memory, every moment of my life with your subtle little brushstrokes? You've destroyed so many priceless paintings of my friends, family, and me. The thought of it is sickening. I think I'm catching on to your fucked up schemes. I think I've noticed some subtleties in your techniques, techniques, and I can't decide what's more evil. The clever play of intrigue and curiosity that you use to find the heart and mind, or how you use suicide and any other form of self-sabotage as a scapegoat for your crimes. You use natural tendencies and needs like a VIP pass to our most delicate, fragile insecurities. You disguise yourself as someone or something we can trust, kind of like security, but what we can't see is your corrupt heart and evil intentions. You persuade us to believe and make belief, but the crazy thing is that we are the creators of the fantasy that we've made to believe. You encourage us to self-medicate by showing us all the ways to alleviate the stress, the anxiety, the guilt, the shame, the pain. You show us how to be the real you. These are the defacing brushstrokes that you sneak into our life's beautiful masterpiece. Each stroke is like a laceration to our subconscious mind. And then you sit back and watch as our subconscious slowly bleeds into our conscious mind like oil spilling into the sea. We try to ignore the severity of the calamity until it's too intense for us not to see. Even then, some of us refuse to take accountability. It's like the manifestation of self-destruction is too overwhelming and they would rather look the gatekeeper in his withered eyes as they ask him to open the gates to the other side. This isn't everything on my mind. But it's all I'm prepared to say for now. P.S. I, th- I P.S. I think I forgot to tell you that I fucking hate you. With great disdain, Clyde Young. Ah, dang it. I want to. S- I want to delete that and redo it because I kind of slipped up on a couple, couple lines, couple words. But that ain't me. One take. That's it. Straight through. Like Eminem. I don't know why I said that. Stupid. Anyways. Oh, man. Yeah, I apologize if you guys did not like the swearing in this one. But really, I don't. Um, because that's just who I am. You know, I I understand that swearing can be offensive to certain people. And I try to respect that as often as I can. Um, however, there's just moments in time that I think being genuine and being raw and being true to you, it, it that should be the, the thing that matters most. Um, so if I did offend anybody, I really am sorry. I probably should have, at the start of this, like, gave you guys a warning. But that might have stopped you from listening. So, <laughs> gotcha. No, just joking. Um, Yeah, I really am sorry if it, if it offended you. Um, 
just to let you know that I probably will swear more and, and curse more and have that in my episodes. So, you know, if you, if that turns you off, I understand. I still appreciate you for, for giving it a shot, but, uh, let's just get into the, uh, let's just get into what, you know, some of these, these lines and verses and, and things meant to me. Um, uh, so I think just, you know, right off the, right out the gate, um, I think about you all day long and you're the reason I can't sleep at night. Um, you know, when, when depression is, has really got a hold of you, at least from my, from my experience with it, uh, that's just the way it is, man. Like you don't, it's not like you're concentrating on the depression, but you're, it's like you're in this funk, you're in this, this haze that just doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. Um, and it's, it's a hard thing to shake, but it's, it's, it's just the way it is. And, you know, and, and then when it's, it's really, really bad, when it's got a really big hold on you, like literally you can't sleep, you can't do anything. Like it's just consuming. Um, and so then that just kind of leads right into, you know, I can't decide if I'm obsessed or if I'm terrified of you. Um, I think that's kind of like a cool play on it. You know, not that I want to like have a cool play on depression, but just the thought about it, right? Like thinking about the fact that depression can be so consuming is like, okay, is it because I'm terrified and so I'm constantly living in fear or is it because I'm like obsessed, you know, like, I don't know. I thought it was kind of, kind of cool. And and honestly, like I, I have had that, that thought of like, man, do I just love the thought of depression or, or is it really so scary because of the things I've seen it do to the people that I love that I'm constantly conscious, constantly thinking about it? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a, it's a conflicting place to be in, but, um, anyway, yeah. And then, uh, you know, getting into, are you really on my mind or am I just letting my imagination drift too far? Uh, you know, that's, that's something that I've come to learn over the years is like, at least for myself again, you know, like I, I don't ever want to try to speak from anybody's, anybody else's pers- perspective or perception on depression, but for mine and my experience, like I've wondered if it's really on my mind, you know, like whatever it is, it's causing the depression or am I just like, I don't know, in a way distracting reality. Like I'm distracting myself from reality. You know, maybe I got a good thing going, but I'm worried about whatever, worried about that good thing coming to an end. And so then I become depressed, you know, like that's a way that I would let my imagination drift too far. Um, but yeah. And then, uh, let's see, you know, I, I kind of talk about it being maybe like a long lost imaginary friend, like, you know, maybe at one point 
as a kid, I had an imagination or an imaginary friend. And, uh, and then, you know, in, in some ways that imaginary friend was somebody who I wished I was, you know, like that imaginary friend had some, some traits or, you know, in, in my imagination was something that I wish I could be. And so then as I get older, you know, has those thoughts turned from such an imagination place to more of like the, the place of insecurity and the place of, um, you know, I do sometimes wish I was something else or someone else as far as, um, my actions or my, my fears or my ambitions, you know, uh, And so I I think that was, that's a good way to explain that is like, you know, maybe, maybe my imaginary friend turned out to become this enemy of mine because as I became more aware and as I became more conscious, conscious of the things I wished were different in my life, it has created depression I don't know if that makes sense, but I, to me, that's a good way to explain that, that thought and that feeling that I had as I was writing this. Um, and then, you know, the, the, do I love you or do I hate you? Should I love you or should I hate you? Like, let's, you know, think about that. Like when it comes to our depression and and I'm actually going to, you know, the, the next episode that I release might talk a little bit more about this but when it comes to depression I think there's a lot of like guilt and shame for even having that depression for even having those thoughts and feelings and so that's kind of what I mean by this is like maybe if we learn to love it things would change and and I know that that can be a, a really um uh like a hot topic or like maybe I didn't say it right but but believe me like my intentions and and the way I hope that comes across is more from a place of sincerity and like, and like maybe that thought could be something like, I don't know for sure, but you know, maybe the thought of learning to love your depression can change the, the way you view life, you know, like anyway, probably get into more detail there more depth and I, I think I should but I honestly haven't as far as connecting it to depression I haven't had like a lot of thought and to the point that I have a theory or like it's something that's worked for me you know I don't remember a time that I actually decided to love my depression um but maybe I did I don't know like I say maybe there's more there and maybe someday I'll be able to explain myself a little bit better there but it it was definitely a a, it's definitely a true thing for me is like should I hate you or should I love you um and then uh maybe you're just a projection of my self-hate and pity Ooh, you know I, I love that line uh and I, I think that is what depression is sometimes is like we're projecting our self-hate and pity outward and we're seeing it and it becomes 
us in a sense like instead of dealing with the self-hate or the pity now it becomes depression and that's a new thing for i don't know how to explain it but either way i fucking love that line um and and then i go on to say you know that could explain why you're in everything i see which if if that is a projection of me then anytime i see somebody like my mom or my brother or my sister you know my girlfriend like if i'm projecting myself hate and pity then it's going to be showing on them and i'm going to create stories or feelings based on that right based on my own self hate and pity but i'm thinking that it's coming from them and so it's going to create some depression right like i'm going to feel like nobody loves me i'm going to feel like nobody cares about me if that's the way i'm viewing the world um and then <clears throat> You know, this next paragraph, you know, can I ever see the day where you're not by my side? Uh, I can't even imagine what that would feel like. Um, you know, and then I say, I like to believe it would feel free, but maybe that lifted weight would leave me with an empty feeling. Um, and yeah, you know, how, like how true I think on, on a lot of levels, that's a pretty true statement because you know, and, and I don't want this again, this is my own experience. Um, but so I don't want it to, to rub anybody wrong, but like I became, uh, like I loved the feeling of depression. I just said, I didn't love it. So like I, there was a reward for my feeling depressed, meaning people cared about me and so I would get something out of that right and so to have that gone would those people still show that they cared me cared for me you know that would give me anxiety and then um the feeling of uh you know of it feeling free like man if I truly haven't been free for this long would I even know what to do with myself if I was free? Like, holy shit. You know what I mean? And so, like, that's that's for sure something that's, like, um, it creates some anxiety. But uh, anyway, the next line, oh, the next, the next part, oh, man. Will you be here or, I guess, there when I die? And then I say, I kind of hope so, because that would mean you wouldn't be in someone else's life, right? So, like, what I mean by that is, like, if depression does leave with me, then maybe I could save the world of depression. Um, but then, you know, the, the follow-up line to that is, is that selfish of me? <laughs> um, I, I just, I like that part. Uh, and by the way, I know that I cannot save the world from depression so just want to put that out there um and then you know i get into the question why right like why do you devalue every memory um you've destroyed so many priceless paintings so by that i just mean like if i go back and i look at pictures of my family and i just 
wonder, you know, my dad's depression, my mom's depression, my brother's depression, my sister's depression, and my depression, like, had we taken that same photo without depression, would we, would it look the same, right? Like, would our, would our family photo look the same? Or even, you know, just pictures with my friends and family, like, would those look the same? Um, and I, I really don't think they would. I think, I think there's times that I can look back and know that I wasn't depressed and times that I can look back and know that I was depressed and I see a different person. Um, anyway, and then I just talk about the, his, you know, depression, depression's techniques and, um, I can't decide what's more evil, the clever play of intrigue and curiosity you use to find the heart and mind or how you use suicide and any other form of self-sabotage as a scapegoat. So, you know, the, the ways of like the clever play of intrigue and curiosity is like, uh, alcohol, drugs, those types of things, you know, things that we don't want to do as kids or, or maybe even right before the first time we do it. But there's that curious side or that, oh man, you know, all my friends are doing it, so maybe it is fun. And then later down the road, because of the life that that created has now generated some depression and and created some depression and you know what I mean? So, and then, like I say, because this whole thing is like, I blame suicide for so long but I didn't get to the root cause, which was depression, which isn't even the root cause. You know, there's, there's even even deeper root cause, which is different for everybody. But, um, how, you know, when it comes to somebody's suicide, that's kind of like the thing we focus on. It's not what caused, I mean, we do wonder why we do want to know why, but it's like, I don't know. It's like, I don't ever tell people that my dad died from depression, which, holy shit, maybe I should. That just came to me, right? I always say my dad died by suicide, not my dad died by depression. And I think that's wrong, right? Like, suicide is now the scapegoat for what really caused my dad's death. Whew. Anyway, um... And then, you know, the next one, you use your natural tendencies and needs. Um, You disguise yourself as someone or something we can trust. Obviously, that kind of plays into the last last, uh, paragraph, right? Is like the intrigue and curiosity of drugs, alcohol, these things that can lead to a, a destructive path. Um, and then you persuade us to believe in make-believe, but the crazy thing is that we are the creators of the fantasy that we've made to believe. Whew. That is so true. I just want that to sink in with you. You persuade us to believe in make-believe, but the crazy thing is that we are the creators of the fantasy that we've made to believe.
I'll just leave that there, all right? You encourage us to self-medicate. Again, this is getting into the last few few lines, right? And then you show um, you show us how to be the real you, right? In quotations, because that's not true, but we start to think that. Um, each stroke is like a laceration to our subconscious mind, and then and then our subconscious mind slowly bleeds into our conscious mind. So like what I mean by that is, you know, every time we do something that we know isn't right to our core values, to our morals, that's the laceration, right? But we tend to just ignore that because we're like, whatever, I want to do this. I want to, I want to use this heroin or this meth or I want to drink this alcohol and then over time that's still in our subconscious and it's still eat, eat, you know bleed as i say it's bleeding into our conscious mind and then eventually we can't hide from that anymore you know it's 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 cool to see like how all of my old like this this gatekeeper series i wrote before i even learned about the infinite cycle but how connected what i'm writing is to that infinite cycle um and then the last paragraph is we try to ignore the severity of the calamity until it's too intense for us not to see um, and then some of us even refuse to take accountability right like and i think that's when maybe maybe not that's when suicide happens because i also think that suicide in some people's mind is actually the last effort it's like the last bit of hope as weird as that is to say but it's like it's like almost like a triumphant thing like they're just trying to end it unfortunately it it really does end it you know um but anyway yeah that's pretty much it uh i don't know I really like some of the, the things in there. One of my favorite pieces I've written, I know I keep saying that, but I'm not trying to be like vain or anything, but I just, I just love it. Um, so let me know what you guys think. Appreciate y'all listening, tuning in. All right. I love you guys.